Welcome, and thank you for listening to the New Day Podcast. We are located in South Kansas City, proclaiming the good news of God's grace to our region and abroad. If you'd like more information, please visit our website, newdaykc.org. Good morning. Grace and peace to you from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you. Thank you. Well, this morning, um, if you've noticed, we had in the bulletin that we're going to have a meeting uh, regarding youth ministry coming up uh, in after the service today. So everybody, if you're a teenager or you have parents, uh, want to stay with your teenagers. And if you have any questions, we're going to kind of let you know what's going on and then listen to you and and take your questions and everything. Um, As I do that, I have to make this announcement again. So two weeks ago, your pastor got in a little bit of trouble because our teens were going down the hallways down into the uh, what's known as the A and B and uh, uh, Daniel Academy offices that are down there for their, that's their elementary wing. And they have supplies and everything laid out. So don't go down there because I don't like getting in trouble. I get in enough trouble for the stuff I do. And, uh, and so please just hear me, you know, parents remind your kids not to, to run around the building that, uh, we share this building. Um, it's, most of it's ours, but we're really restricted to that C-wing where, where the restrooms are and these two main rooms here and then the restrooms up there. And we're not supposed to be off gallivanting and checking out the other stuff. So can we do that? Yes. That was a family talking. So with that, this morning, since we're doing the, the youth meeting after service, I asked my friend, Francis Biaquaso Gilbert, to take this morning and just uh, share his testimony and whatever really is on his heart so that the whole, because I don't, I don't believe that youth ministry is a part of the church. I believe it's the whole church. I think, I think all of us are responsible for all the kids. And I think we're responsible to pray for them, love on them, show them. And so to do this and, and to get a relaunch is an answer to prayer for me, a long prayer. Uh, that seemed like a long, silent time before the answer came. So I believe this this is an answer to my prayers. So, uh, Biaquaso, also known as B, come on up here and share. Everybody give him a big hand. I have a pretty long history with, with B, as some of the others in our midst do. And some of you don't know him at all, so that's why I wanted him to share, so that you can connect with his heart and... Um, he and Rose love Jesus. I'm going to let you introduce your family. So, God bless you. Bless you. Thank you. Good morning, church. Good morning. Um, first of all, I have to apologize uh, because uh, yesterday I was at a track meet, and so my voice might start switching back and forth, you know, because uh, I was cheering on and screaming, you know, as kids were, you know, finishing at the race, so, um, and then uh, my youngest decided to take me camping last night for our Cub Scout, so, um, and I slept in the back of the car, so all twisted up, <laughs> so, um, 
So this morning is going to be quite interesting, so <laughs> uh, to say the least. Um, my name is Biekwaso Kaunaurwasamugenda Walatola Francis Gilbert. Um, <laughs> my parents loved me so much that they gave me seven names, and um, um, God bless them. I'm just thankful. <laughs> because at least that's how I meet people. They go, what's your name? Biekwaso Kaunaurwasamugenda so, um, and uh, But I am really, really excited to be a new day. Um, I know Lloyd alluded to the fact that it's been a long time in coming. Um, I think when uh, New Day started, Lloyd and I spoke uh, a, little about, a little bit about that, and then uh, I was like, nah, <laughs> just didn't feel, you know, this is where I was supposed to be, you know, so, um, and um, by the way, uh, that was awesome uh, singing this morning. Uh, and I was sitting back there in, in the wall just bawling. I mean, I was just bawling my eyes out. And, uh, and the reason why, and this is how much God loves us, you know, because um, on my PowerPoint presentation that didn't make it here, uh, the first slide said the blessing. That's what the slide said, the blessing. The next photo was a photo of my family. Huh? No, it didn't make it. So uh, it didn't make it here. But uh, so, and, uh, and before, six weeks ago, before I came to New Day, uh, I had been singing that song over my family and over my boys. And I mean, I grabbed my youngest and I would start singing that song straight in his face. He'll look at me and I'll sing it to him. And so then that Sunday when I showed up to New Day, guess what song was playing? The Blessing. And so, and I'm trying to tell you how God just loves the heck out of me. That he lets me know that I am blessed. You know, that I am blessed. And I mean, he sings that over me wherever I go. And I'm singing in the car because that's the truth. Um, I am married to my wife. We have been married for 14 years. Uh, her name is Rose Gilbert right here. And then I have two boys. Um, one is 13, um, going on 19. And then I have one that's nine years old. Um, that's the rules, the rooster at the house. So, but both, um, we are very proud and very excited that um, God has blessed us with two young men um, who we know are going to love and serve the Lord. Uh, I was born in Uganda, Africa, and I am the seventh of uh, 14 children. And, uh, well, actual 12th biologically, and then my family that adopted me had two, two sons, and so, um, so that makes 14 of us. And um, I grew up in a small village of Vumba, and uh, I know if the Spencers are here or somehow, but they've been to Uganda, and they're pretty familiar with the country itself. So I was born in Vumba, and uh, my oldest sister, her name is Veronica, uh, but Veronica, we call her Veronica, but when you're in America, you say Veronica. So, um, so she uh, got a scholarship to go live in the city. And um, when she happened to be in the city, the person that gave her the money, it ran out. And so she got a job. And uh, she came back to the village and told my father, um, well, I got an apartment. Uh, can 
my younger sister come live with, that, with me. And my dad said, no, um, but you can take your brother. And so, um, so, so I, I was seven years old, and so I moved uh, from, you know, the comfort of my mother and father, and off to the city I went, uh, to Kampala. And so she had a, an apartment which was above um, a store that she worked at, and so, you know, um, and so that's where we lived for a little bit. And um, my sister is a ve- very fiery, you know, storm, Pentecostal, you know, um, preaching woman. So, and uh, she was going to a church called the Full Gospel Missions Church. Um, and so uh, every Sunday, she dragged me along with her, and so we went. And, uh, the, you know, the preacher, I don't remember his name, and would, you know, share the word, and then they called the altar call because we, Pent- the Pentecostals, are very good at that. And, you know, come on, let's talk to Jesus. And so, but then every Sunday after church, and you eat at lunch, and after you finish eat lunch, then we all gathered together, and we went to go do street preaching. And so, I mean, the trumpets and everything, and we go, and the place was Wandegare, and I remember vividly, man, I'll be like the little guy right there, man, I'm in the front, man, woo, because this guy was playing the trumpet, and I'm like, woo, man, I'm enjoying this, and then we'll gather everybody uh, and take them back to the church in the, for evening worship, and then another gospel, and then people came up to know the Lord, and so after I've done this for mm, six months, you know, my sister comes to me, hey, don't you think it's about time that you came to talk to Jesus? So, well, I was feeling it, and I'm like, people are coming down the aisles, and so I showed up the front, and um, I accepted Jesus Christ at that point. And so, um, and then, every Sunday, I did the same thing. Just went up the front. (laughs) So finally, one person goes, you know, you don't have to come back every time, you know. So, one time was good enough. So, um, so then I stopped doing that, and uh, because I truly, I finally, you know, I mean, I'm seven years old, eight years old. You know, you don't, you know, it's going a little bit. I understand. It takes a lot of time to understand what uh, it means to be to accept Jesus Christ in your heart. Um, so. During that time, we had a president. His name was Idi Amin Dada. And um, uh, if uh, you are aware of Uganda, uh, this was a very ruthless man and um, uh, who uh, exterminated a lot of lives and, uh, and imprisoned a lot of people. And because my sister was one of those people that, you know, people got to know, well, the soldiers got to know her very well. So... Um, and so I was at school and I came back from school and uh, you always knew you always knew because there were always truck tires in the neighborhood and you knew that they had come and collected all our people. So my sister was one of those that they took. And at eight years old, nothing made sense. 
and there was a lot of other children that I was going to school with that somehow their parents were taken to. And uh, And so we have no family. And I remember my, my parents lived way from the village and to get to my family, family's house, you had to go through a jungle. And uh, as, a, as I took the bus back and forth, um, I remember seeing things that an eight-year-old, a seven-year-old should not be able to see uh, in the water and everywhere. So I was really, really scared of trekking back to the village. And I attempted um, to run back home um, to the village. And I got so tired, so I stopped on the side of the road and to take a, you know, to take a rest. And I ended up falling asleep. Um, and when the time I woke up, the sun, was, the sun was down and there was no way I was going to make it. So I trekked back to the Kampala and ended up joining up with a lot of other kids. And so we became street kids. So for eight months, uh, I was a street kid. And the great news is what Idi Amin intended for bad must saving Jesus had a perfect and great plan for me and for many other kids. And uh, at that point, uh, there was a war. Idi Amin got overthrown. And uh, there was a, a man by the name of Kefa Simpanji. He had started an orphanage home prior to him being um, sent uh, to, into exile. Um, and uh, one of his testimony, I mean, it's just amazing that uh, Idi Amin soldiers had come uh, to, you know, take his life. And uh, they told him to turn around. And so he turned around and he said, um, is it okay before you guys do what you came to do? Is it okay for me to pray for you? And, and also, is it for me to pray? And so he knelt down. And I mean... <laughs> Just like Jesus prayed, Lord, forgive them for they do not know what they're doing. And so, I mean, he just kept on praying. And then when he finished his prayer, he said, hey, I'm ready whenever you guys are ready to do whatever you need to do. I'm ready. And they are gone. The soldiers were gone. Uh, they were not in the house. And so the elders of the church start talking to Kefa. I think, Kefa, I think it's time for you to go. I mean, because this is getting a little dangerous. So uh, he exiled to uh, Amsterdam and then ended up in America. <clears throat> and so um, while, while he was in America, he met a lot of people and went to, uh, uh, I forgot the name of the theological seminary in Pennsylvania. Do you know what it is? Uh, uh, Westminster Theological Seminary. And so... And then once Idi Amin was sent out, he came back to Uganda and some, somehow revived those orphanage homes. And somehow I was one of those kids that got swept and taken to the orphanage home. Um, and, uh, and in America, 
there was a teacher, his name is David Diamond. He was having his sixth grade, sixth grade back in Louisiana. I guess when sixth graders, you know, you could take siesta or, you know, take a nap or something. But they were just, during that time, they were just rambunctious. So somehow he found this book that the um, Kefa Sempanje had written called A Distant Grief. And in it was explaining all the things that had happened to him during Idi Amin. So he read this book to these sixth graders, and uh, somehow uh, the school got excited about bringing uh, two orphans from that, you know, orphanage home. And there were two orphans that were in, in, in the book, that were written about the book, in the book. And so um, my current parents and Mr. David Diamond decided that they would bring those two kids uh, to come to America. And so... Um, well, one of the kids that was in the book, when David Diamond went to Uganda, and um, uh, when he got there, the child that was in the book was a little older than the government would let him to come. So, and this is why the Lord is so awesome. I wasn't supposed to be where David Diamond was, um, so, uh, but I happened to go there, and so... Uh, he had invited like 500 kids to interview, you know, from the orphanage home of who's going to come. And I was not on the list. And so, so I show up, you know, um, and I don't know, I have no reason wh why I went there. And so I see this Muzungu, uh, that's what we call white man, Muzungu. Um, and so I say hi to him. And, uh, well, he goes back to his business and then he finishes. And then he asks Kefa. And go, who was that kid? And uh, he says to, Kefa says to him, that's, you know, the Aquasa Francis. Well, I would like to talk to him. Okay, we'll make arrangements for you to talk to him. And so the arrangements made, I go back, you know, and now I'm thinking I'm in a lot of trouble because I was not supposed to be there and I happened to be there. So now I'm going to speak with Muzungu um, and, oh man, this could be trouble. So, and I said hello to Muzungu at that point, you know, I wasn't supposed to. Anyway, uh, so he says to me, I would like to bring you to America. He did not interview me. He didn't say anything to me. He said, I would like to bring you to America. And I'm like, why? <laughs> but prior to me asking him that question, at the orphanage home, we had what we call all night prayer. And, uh, and do, I mean, eight years old, all night prayer. What does that look like, you know? So, <laughs> and I, but I remember the time. The time was around 2.30 a.m. And, you know, when you go to an all night prayer, around 2.30 a.m., people start, like, you know, trying to doze off or something. So the pastor stands up and he says, you know, we need to engage. We need to press in. I don't know if that's exactly what he said, because, I mean, eight-year-olds don't know what engage and pressing is. But um, now as an adult, that's how I interpret it. So, and now remember, and he said, pray for three things. And so in my young mind, I prayed. I said, I want to watch. I mean, that was important. I want to watch. And I wanted a lot of clothes, clothings. Uh, my wife can attest to that, and so that, 
uh, all the closets are my clothes. And <laughs> she's got a half a closet, you know, but she's very forgiving and, you know, she allows me to live that out, you know, so, um, so I'm going to have to have a garage sale, you know, the youth money to help me out, you know, clean up some. Um, and the other one was to go overseas. So I prayed that prayer. That was like 1981. And, um, well, in 1983, that's when David Diamond showed up. And that's when David Diamond tells me he's happy to take me to America. So, now, if you remember what Idi Amin made for bad, my heavenly father made it for good. And so, so... In 1983, August 9th, 1983, I'm off in the air, landing in Amsterdam. Now, if you ever travel with me, even at 49 years old, I am scared of escalators. (laughs) And so I am in Amsterdam, and... I'm standing here with the other kid that I came with, and we are holding hands, looking at that thing going up. <laughs> Come on, Mr. Diamond's going backwards, you know. Come on, you can see it's easy. So we're looking at it, we are really scared. And I think at one point, we got on our knees, trying to crawl to that thing that's crawling up. And um, so we finally made it, and I mean, even today, at 49 years old, I guarantee if you ever see me at the ex, I come to it and I pause. <laughs> Even I've been in America for over 30, 37 years, I pause. And then I lounge for this side thing and then I go. So, um, but, uh, so we, made it, we made it to America and uh, I was blessed and I went to a Christian school when I came and which helped solidify uh, my faith, um, and which gave me an understanding of what it means to know Jesus. And not just to know him, but to allow him to know you. Because he already does, but when you allow him to know you, man, what a beautiful thing that happens. It's a beautiful, does that mean you're not going to mess up and screw up? Oh, heck you are, because that's who we are. But knowing back and going back into that presence of who he is, and that when you sing that blessing so that he's for you, he he surrounds you. Man, Mm, that's a joyous thing. And so, and ever since... I was like, after I came to this country, I was like, man, I just want to serve. I want to serve. I want to serve who he is. And um, at 16 years old, I had this uh, thing that had to do with youth ministry. And youth, youth ministry started for me when I was 16 years old. And I was remembering I was working at a camp in Lumberton, Mississippi. And I had five boys. And our job was to maintain the camp. And we mowed grass. We cleaned the pool. We cleaned the dishes. Five of us for the entire summer. And that was when I saw these 13, 14 young, young 
kids dedicated to serving others, I was like, that is what I want to do for the rest of my life, to serve others. And ever since, that is what I have done. That's what I enjoy doing. That's who I am. And so when uh, the Lord finally said, it's okay now. It was a Saturday morning, a Saturday night. I told my family, I told my wife, I'm going to New Day tomorrow, whether you're coming or not, but I'm going. I mean, we had been talking about it, you know, for quite some time, you know, at least seven years we had been talking about it. But that Saturday night, I was like, I'm going. And Saturday morning, and I think you remember, I was in here by myself, and I sat back there. And I don't know if this was exactly the same words you said to me, but I remember, or something similar to that, Lloyd said, I knew you were going to be here. He said, I knew you were going to be here. And I mean, without hesitation, on Saturday night, I'm going to New Day. And so here I am. Here I am at New Day because this is where I'm supposed to be. And again, that morning, that song, the blessing, was played. And to confirm to me that all around me, all besides me. And that numbers 623 is always going to be my song. And so when, when Lloyd stands up and says, I want to give you a blessing, I'm like, because I know I'm blessed and I'm just receiving the blessing that I've been given. So, why did I sell all that? Why did I give you all the testimony? Why did I do, ah, maybe to get to know a little bit about who I am, but the most important thing that I wanted to say is I am loved by the most amazing Heavenly Father that cares about me. You know? Um, and um, I'm not going to have a great beds of roses with you parents as your youth pastor. That ain't going to happen. But I know that at the end of the day, you love the Lord and I love the Lord. And that, we can find a common ground. And we're going to start from there together as parents, as youth, as church members, that we are loved by the most amazing father. And that we're going to walk side by side as we disciple the youth, as we love the youth, and as we care about the youth. That is my heart. And I know that's your heart. A new day. Because I know that's Lloyd's heart. Lloyd and I have known each other for at least 20 years. And... Uh, um, <laughs> You know, just to go back about all night prayers, 
that's how I came to uh, Kansas City and to Metro. My, my best friend and I we used to drive from Skytook, Oklahoma, once a month for that Friday night worship at Metro in that trailer, hot trailer. I mean, we sang, we sat in there and uh, prayed all night in that hot trailer. And still, even when it was hot, Jesus showed up mightily. And so that's how I ended up here. Yeah, there was a job. That's nice. But I came because of that experience that I had and that memory of all night prayer that God answers prayers. And so that's why I came. And that's why I came. So uh, my experience with youth, uh, I did Metro Youth. Um, I did uh, Tulsa Christian Fellowship Youth. Uh, I did Naples Presbyterian Church Youth in Naples, Florida. So I've been quite a little bit around with, with the youth. But all those places were a blessing. And some of them were seasons. And God had called me in those seasons to be in those places. So I know in this season, New Day is where I'm supposed to be. So can we close in prayer? Because I don't... Yeah, let's, let's close in prayer. Uh, if you would please stand up, because that's what pastors do. <laughs> I mean, if you're able to. So, Heavenly Father, oh, what's good to be in your presence. Jesus, you love us, you love our hearts. And you love to give us good things. Father, thank you for the testimony you have given to me of your goodness that shows your goodness and your love for me. And Lord, I just pray that your goodness will go forth and continue to show among our church. Lord, this church loves you and loves people. So Father, thank you for instilling in us the desire to want to know you and the desire to want to know each other. You are a relational God and so we ask that you will give us the wisdom and the means to be relational to one another because when we are heaven rejoices. So thank you for this time. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Thank you. Don't go away. Truth be told, I've been after him for a long time, so I found him. So... Uh, really have actually I tried to hire him away for the other place that I used to work and uh, when I was carrying two roles so thank you thank you for sharing no don't go away because I'm, I'm going to dismiss everybody I, but I just want to in front of everybody say thank you and thank you for sharing your testimony and um, this is strange but the testimony thing's really important I just read in uh, on a new, the Fox News app had Kathy Ireland, a former model, sharing her testimony 
about coming to Jesus when she was 18 years old as a model and what she went through and everything. I'm going, in, you know, and on Fox News app, and I'm going, well, it's so, testimony is so important. And you shared it so, I mean, I know it's a gripping story, but it, our testimonies make a difference when we hear them in other people's life. I just would have blown her off as another, you know, little girl that got captured by weird stuff and and abandoned and god's out after he's he's in everything isn't he and where we're at is not is doesn't concern him whether it's in uganda or america no matter where you're at the lord is pursuing us and to give us a testimony the testimony of jesus christ and it's so wonderful to hear and i just bless you for sharing it my sister's okay. She got released. So, uh, so, so, right. oh. so much better. So better. I, Thank you, I really, I really trust people that understand, and you don't have to be a true orphan to know this, but when you understand the spirit of adoption, it changes everything. And that's within our testimony. People who understand that we have the spirit of adoption given to us. The Holy Spirit is a spirit of adoption. And when people have that testimony, there's nothing better than calling God Father. It's just nothing better. Yeah. I know that when a man or a woman is called to youth ministry... They will find, kids find them, they have a kid magnet inside of them. And no matter what, kids will show up because God has placed that magnet there. And it is rare, it's, it's, a, it's an anointing from God when someone is called to youth because youth have special, they're who they are and their world's as important to them as any adult is. The, and they're the things that are hard for them and good for them and all of that, a youth pastor understands to take them seriously, whereas a lot of other people may not take them at the same value. And for years, I prayed for God to send us a Lloyd. Didn't have to be in a Lloyd package, but I asked God to send us someone who had the same heart for young people because I watched him Clear back when he worked at the House of Representatives, he'd work long days at the House of Representatives and rush to the church on Wednesday night. He was not a paid guy. He, he had a whole nother big job, and he would rush to Wednesday nights, sometimes straight from work, to meet with those 10 kids. And then it was 12 kids, and then it was 15 kids, and then it was 20 kids, and eventually it became 60 kids. And the church blew up big because of all these kids dragging all these other kids and their parents with them. But I understood that his actual priority was the youth, not the House of Representatives. And eventually, he quit the House of Representatives, much to my chagrin. <laughs> but I, it captured my heart because, you know, I, was a, I had a degree in teaching and uh, loved youth as well. So when I found out that, that B was sent to us, I went, huh, this is interesting. 
This is interesting. This is someone who loves kids, who has that anointing from God to love kids, and there's gravity to him. There's gravity and there's mirth, and he makes you feel safe. He is a safe man. So I think that we should lay hands on B and bless him, and <laughs> you get another one. Uh, I think that I'm very grateful that God would send us a man of this caliber and quality because he values our kids that much. He values our kids that much. And for me, this is like, whoa, this is awesome. This is better than anything. Like, what are you up to, Lord, that you would value us that much? So if we could just do that, like. Yeah, family, come up here. Rose, boys, do you mind coming up? I know that can be a little bit embarrassing, but if you'll come up. A question first. Um, It's just, this is New Day and this is who we are. Will you receive them? Okay, good. That's what I wanted, I wanted to hear. Now, we'll pray for them. As many as you want to come up and we'll just pray a prayer of blessing and lay hands on them. I agree with Brenda in that to, to, to set someone aside for the work of youth ministry is a very powerful thing. It will change not just the lives of young men and women, but they in turn will change the lives of young men and women. And, and they in turn will change. It's that blessing song, generation to generation. Um, and just over and over again, we see it occur. And that when I went into youth ministry, uh, one of the young men, I just took under my shoulder, and he's he's been a pastor for years now, and is, and he and his wife work with with having helping believers have healthy marriages, and you just go, it just keeps passing on. So we want to pass this blessing on, Lord. We receive this family. We receive the Gilbert family, and we put our blessing upon them. That he will watch them and keep his eye over them. Lord, where there's any sacrifice, we ask that double blessings would flow back. Just because that's who you are. Would you guard them? Would you guard their home, their finances, their property, their relationships, their being, who they are? We're so grateful, so thankful to you that you would love us enough to send them to us. We receive them. We ask that you're... Your anointing would rest upon them, and that our our young men and women, our teenagers, that they would know that they're important, that they have somebody there, and that they have a place. Their place is the church, that they are the church. They're not growing into church, that they are as much church as we are. So I pray for good times ahead, fun, blessings, safe socializing, understanding of God a hope and a future in all those things. Bless this couple with that anointing in Jesus' name. Jesus, thank you. Thank you that you would consider us worthy of sending us these people.
thank you for the for the children the young the teenagers lord we see them as the head of the arrow you shoot them out into the world and they make their mark and we pray that this couple would make a mark on them lord we would that you would explode our youth ministry this value this is of more value to me than anything that our young people are captured for you and we bless them i agree with lloyd i agree with everyone that is represented here we welcome them we are joyful in this we say have your way jesus new season that is set before us so thank you lord mm-hmm. may it be from glory to glory a celebration mm-hmm. from this man's heart and from new day and from all the hearts here i pray in in the power and the immediate presence of jesus christ our lord and our savior yes. King of the universe. amen father i just thank you for the the effect that b has had on my children and the things that he doesn't see and had, had never did see because the, he just wasn't around them after that. But Lord, for the effect that he had on, on them. And Lord, I ask the blessing from that for them. And one more thing, Lord, that this would not just be a thing for New Day, but that this would be a safe place for Rose and B to be. Lord, that they would be able to be here and to uh, be loved and cared for, 
and that you would guard over them and their family and that you would protect them, Lord. We just thank you that, uh, that they have the heart to serve here. And again, Lord, I just ask it would be a safe place for them. Now for all of us, may the Lord bless us and keep us. The Lord make his face to shine upon us and be gracious unto us. Lord, lift up his countenance upon us and give us peace. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So we got about a two-minute break here, and then B's going to be here to, to share about what he's going to be doing, and you can ask him all your questions and have your input. <laughs>